Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Susie On, in for Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Legislators are back in Springfield as the fall session starts today. They will consider legislation to expand abortion rights and accelerate the development of electric vehicles. But the top agenda in Springfield this week is the Democrats' redrawn congressional map. The new boundaries reflect population changes from the 2020 census. For the first time ever, Illinois' population declined. As a result, the state will lose one congressional House seat in Washington. Here to map it all out, pun intended, is WBEZ state's politics reporter Dave McKinney. So Dave, since Democrats hold the majority in the state House and Senate, they get to determine the map. Walk us through what they've created. Well, first off, they're calling this a draft. So, I mean, you can expect that there are going to be, you know, one, possibly two more uh, versions of this before there's a vote taken, probably not this week, but most likely next week. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, we have we have a lot of interest in seeing how this map is drawn and, and who are, you know, who is in and who is out of the map here at home. But but this is a this is a process that has a lot of national implications to it. Um, it's a it's a situation where um, control of the U.S. House of Representatives could hinge in part on on how partisan this map is drawn. Yeah. Um, they, they are uh, you, you know, there's a big push by Democrats uh, in Illinois, in New York, in Maryland, all states that have Democratic control of the legislature and governor's office to try to draw maps that are, you know, as favorable to Democrats as possible to offset what's happening in the Sunbelt states where Republicans are doing the same thing mm-hmm. in states like Texas and Florida. Well, to that point, uh, what were Democrats' priorities in, in the map making process, uh, specifically here in Illinois? I mean, you know, you mentioned the national pressure. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there are two sets of priorities here. I mean, one one is sort of the public facing priority. And I mean, you look at the language that came out around the release of this draft. I mean, you know, uh, State Representative Elizabeth Hernandez, a Democrat from Cicero, is heading up the House Redistricting Committee. You know, she put out a statement that just talked about how the, you know, the congressional map reflected, you know, the state's diverse voices and it gives everyone in the state a, a voice in state government. You know, that's the public face of it. Mm-hmm. But the private face of it, I think, among Democrats both here and in in, uh, in Washington is to make sure that these maps come up with enough, you know, new Democratic seats to help in in what is probably going to be a very rough Democratic uh, election cycle next year to help with that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's what we're hearing from Democrats. What's the response been from state Republicans to this proposed map? Well, it's all Pelosi all the time. I mean, they're, you know, the statement that Don Tracy, the state Republican chairman, put out, you know, zeroed in on Nancy Pelosi, that this is all about trying to preserve control. And, you know, we see this every uh, off election cycle that, uh, you know, there's always a massive turnout in presidential elections, both here and nationally. And then people aren't as motivated to vote in the off years when when congressional elections occur. And so, you know, this is a, a, a situation where Republicans feel like they can really make a big dent in taking over the U.S. House and possibly the, the Senate. Yeah. Well, so with the draft that we have now, which of these districts could flip? You know, if you look at the 2020 presidential election, the 17 districts here that they have come up with, there are 14 of them that were all won by Joe Biden. So, I mean, you get a sense there that that these are, you know, favorable Democratic 
districts. But again, remember that in presidential campaigns, Democrats were so motivated to come out in an off year, will they be motivated in the same way? And if you look back just two years to the uh, the 2018 governor's election, you know, we saw a, a little different face on these 17 districts. I mean, yes, there were these three downstate districts that went Republican, but then the two that always seem to get a lot of coverage in our area, the one uh, that Sean Caston holds mm-hmm. in DuPage County and then Lauren Underwood's seat, those were, were swing districts and they, they would continue to be potentially swing districts under the map that is in play right now. Yeah, so I would imagine these these races will likely make some national news. Well, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I know that, that the one that a lot of people have focused in on is the one that would crowd Adam Kinzinger and, yeah. and uh, Marie Newman into the same district. That one is sure to create national news if it, if it plays out that way. But, you know, Kinzinger has had such a national profile that he's the one that would really turn these any of these particular races into national focused mm-hmm. ones. Now, you mentioned um, Adam Kinzinger and Marie Newman. Um, one of the most controversial redrawn districts is the 3rd District, a sprawling area that would extend from the southwest suburbs to Starved Rock State Park. Tell us what areas fall into these boundaries and, and who currently represents them. Well, I mean, it, it takes in Midway Airport and Bridgeport. It sort of snakes you know, out into the rural country, all the way out to LaSalle, Peru, as you mentioned. And it's a very kind of very diverse district, urban, rural, suburban. You know, it's a district right now that Marie Newman holds. And, you know, it it was a very difficult primary and election for her the last cycle to beat the Lipinski organization. And if these two wind up going head to head in it, you know, it would be massively expensive because, you know, there would be a ton of TV ads uh, in the Chicago media market, which yeah. is very expensive, it would be by far the marquee race of, of any of the 17 that we would see play out if it happens that way. Now, we don't know about Kinzinger because, yeah. you know, he, he's a bit of an unknown here. Well, going back to Marie Newman, I mean, what's been her reaction so far to this draft? Well, I think she was pretty upset about the way this all got configured. I mean, her hope was that, you know, she would wind up with a district that might be a little more friendly to her where it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be as razor thin of a, of a margin potentially for her. And instead, what she got was a district that took in a fair amount of Republican turf. I mean, it's it's still a fairly comfortable Democratic district as it's drawn. I mean, the, the numbers that I was throwing out earlier before, I mean, in the governor's race in 2018, it was Pritzker plus nine and in the presidential election, it was uh, Biden plus six. So those there is a, uh, a record in that district. It would be probably Democratic, but but you just never know. In a low turnout election, anything's possible. Yeah. And, and also in this configuration, Chicago's Bridgeport neighborhood will now be moved into the majority Latino 4th District and Chinatown will be split between two districts. What implications could that have for voting? If you're a resident of Chinatown, you would like to be able to kind of have a, a voice, you know, representing you. Mm-hmm. And instead, it, it's diffused in a way where, where uh, you know, and you see this in other, other communities around Illinois where communities wind up being um, split in half. I mean, you know, on the plus side, uh, if there is a plus side to those kinds of, of situations when they occur, I mean, you know, you might have a, a situation where instead of one congressman, you'd have two, you know, and yeah. you, you might be able to expand on and get things a, a little easier that way. But it's it, from a community standpoint, you do want to have, you know, a single voice that, that represents you. And I want to go back to Adam Kinzinger. You know, he's one of 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Trump and uh, is also in this new Southwest 3rd District. 
you know, we mentioned that there's this possible uh, fight against Marie Newman, but is, is he at risk of having a more conservative pro-Trump candidate beat him in the primary if he does indeed decide to run again? Well, I mean, there is a Trump acolyte who has, uh, you know, vowed to primary Kinzinger. But really, the big question for Adam Kinzinger is what does he want to do right. in the 2022 election? I mean, he he's created an enormous national profile for himself because of the anti-Trump position he's taken on a lot of things. Even though his voting record is very Trump friendly overall, you know, he has uh, on impeachment, on the January 6th insurrection. I mean, he has really been a thorn in Trump's side. You know, it's a question of, of does he try to run for, uh, you know, get on some sort of a national ticket, perhaps. If Trump runs, does he try to be part of some sort of effort to challenge him in a primary? Uh, or does he stay at home and run for Congress? Does he stake out a run for governor or, or even U.S. Senate? I mean, he's the statement he put out when this draft came out last week, it, it was pretty clear that he was keeping every single one of those options open. Yeah. Well, the census data showed the Latino population in Illinois has grown. Why no additional Latino district on the new map? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you know, statewide, the, the numbers of uh, Latinos grew by a little over 3%, between 3 and 4%. That was a, a fairly significant blip when you think about um, the fact that Illinois was one of three states nationally to lose population. So Latino voices here have been on the upswing. But, you know, we still have this sort of they, they call it like the earmuff district that Congressman uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia mm -hmm. holds that, that, you know, takes in the southwest side and, and up into Logan Square. I mean, that more or less is still configured the way it was. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's an issue that Latinos would like to see another district that would be more favorable to the Latino vote. But there's not really anything in this configuration that we that is in play right now that comes close to that. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to Marie Newman, and, and I know that she was up against Lipinski previously. Do, do we think Dan Lipinski will try to challenge her again? Well, I mean, our friends over at Crane's Chicago Business talked to Dan Lipinski last week when this draft came out, and, and he sort of floated the idea, well, hey, I might have to take a, a look at another run based on the way this is drawn. But, you know, Lipinski still lost that race, so that right there is an issue. The, the most recent filing, uh, well, when I, when I looked up his uh, campaign account last week, I mean, he had about $30,000 in it. So there, there's not a lot of money right now in, mm -hmm. in a campaign fund. And again, this map is going to change most likely. So it's really not clear what that district is going to look like, whether Newman and Kinsinger are paired up in, in, in the same manner they are now, whether these communities are all kind of clumped into it, still an unknown. And as you mentioned, Dave, this is just a draft. It is likely to change. Um, but do you think it's uh, going to face uh, lawsuits and, and court challenges from Republicans and other groups? Well, I think it's about as common as the leaves turning color <laughs> in the state of Illinois, that there will be litigation that follows these maps. And, it, and it's always the minority party, whether it's the Democrats or Republicans who are left out of this process. They're the ones who will go to challenge it. And the state legislative maps that have already been approved, I mean, the Republicans are, are in federal court right now challenging that it's not representative enough for Latinos, uh, mm -hmm. for example. So, I mean, there will be arguments, I'm sure, that arise from this where Republicans are going to try to challenge it. And there could be efforts by different minorities to do the same thing, because, again, on those state maps, the Mexican-American Legal Defense Fund has uh, joined in on the Republican lawsuit. And uh, and then most recently, uh, an NAACP chapter uh, in East St. Louis also is uh, filing suit over it. So, I mean, there will most likely be litigation over this, no matter what the outcome. That's WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Thanks so much, Dave. Susie, good talking to you. 
Well, that's it for today's Reset. For more of our interviews, subscribe to this podcast. And please give us a rating. It helps other listeners find us. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet again tomorrow. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.